Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's go! Odyssey app users, this is Sean Morash with Training Camp New York. Training Camp Live, exclusively on the Odyssey app as the weeks and days of training camp continue to tick down. And we still don't have a victory for the New York Giants, but that's okay. Unless you're the Baltimore Ravens, who really cares about racking up wins in the preseason? It's about evaluating, getting better. And as we're now learning, maybe the joint practices are the wave of the future in the NFL as far as what is going to count more. It was great last Friday having the boys on from Talking Giants. And we broke down, obviously, and previewed this game in Cleveland and the joint practices that went as such. Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, and we will do the good, the bad, and the ugly in just a moment. Remember, my name is Sean Morash. You can follow me on Twitter at MrazCBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. I am, obviously, your host of New York Training Camp Live, as well as G-Wiz, your New York Giants weekly podcast. Yeah, courtesy of WFAN.com. And the Odyssey app, and of course, a member of the DA show Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Radio. So now we've gotten all the places you can find me. Let's talk about the game. Can't sugarcoat it. This is two games in Jets, Browns, not a whiff of the starters. Actually, even less of a whiff in Cleveland of the starters, considering the fact that we didn't even get a look at the first team offensive line. Now, you did get a little of Xavier McKinney. You got some Reggie Ragland, Carter Coughlin. These are guys obviously fighting for those jobs at the inside and linebacker position. If you want to count Darnay Holmes, okay, you had him, Julian Love as well. Guys who will contribute on the defense, but not your full-fledged starters. Offensively, I mean, what is there to say? You didn't see Sterling Shepard. You didn't see your Darius Slayton. Obviously, Kenny Galladay still shelved. Saquon Barkley, you hope to get a little more out of him coming up. You didn't, you didn't see any of these guys play offense. And, of course, Daniel Jones which keeps getting bountied about. And the result, the game was absolutely boring, dreadful. Now, I'll take being able to watch the game because I got news for you. Saturday when I head hit the pillow living here on the south shore of Long Island, I went to bed. Eye of the storm thought was barreling for my local town of Bayshore, New York, and I said, for sure, I'm a DirecTV subscriber. I got NFL Sunday ticket. I can't get enough multiple TVs every Sunday. I'm into it. I thought for sure power outage was coming, signal loss was coming, neither. Power's still going strong here at my complex, and of course, didn't didn't lose a wink of TV signal. So I thought, man, I may not be able to see this Giants-Browns game. I might have to watch on my phone. That could bother me. There are points during this game where I wish I couldn't see this Giants-Browns game and be locked into it because it was ugly football yet again. Comes down to a Brian Lewarki Hail Mary that wasn't meant to be. Now, 17-13, your final. 
Milwaukee, as I mentioned, okay, he was fine. He looked a lot better, a lot more competent than Clayton Thorson. You're good, you're bad, and you're ugly. I guess we'll start with the ugly, right? Outside of the game, the ugly has to be Sam Beal. Boy, does he stink. And I have been wrong about a lot of football nuggets over my life and a lot of takes. I remember specifically the day that the Giants drafted Sam Beal, used a third-round pick in the supplemental draft. That day, I was still the producer of CMB, Carlin, Maggie, and Bart on WFAN, and obviously being the Giants guy, the Giants part of that show, when that happened, I was pumped up. I mean, I fed this news to Maggie specifically, to Bart and Chris, like, hey, this is huge news here. Giants haven't used a, a pick this high in a supplemental draft since Dave Brown. Boy, now those two go in and in. I said, this kid could absolutely play. This is the kind of playmaker and the secondary cover guy the Giants have been longing for. This is going to be a steal. He ends up getting hurt. You never really see him in year one. Year two, banged up again, comes back late, whatever, gives you a little something at the end of the year. Last year, opts out because of COVID, and now you have this season. Or I guess it was hurt, comes back late, COVID. Now this season, where he just, he's awful. He's awful. And the Giants are loaded at corner now, right? So it's not like it hurts them not having Sam Beal be any good because he's an afterthought anyway. James Bradbury, Dory Jackson, you hope you get Aaron Robinson back at some point. Maybe he's destined for IR or, or the pup list. Darnay Holmes, obviously. Good things out of Madre Harper, although let's see if he sticks around. And we're trading for corners left and right, whether it's Crossan or Jackson, and see if these guys can make the team. So it was going to be an uphill battle in whether Sam Beal can make the team or not. And frankly, I would not be shocked if, as the next round of five cuts come, Sam Beal is on that list. What a wasted talent. I, I, I couldn't have been more wrong on him. In this game, I mean, just fake efforts on floating balls. He's awful. He's absolutely dreadful. And a poor, sour, nasty excuse for a starting cornerback in the NFL. So Sam Beal has got to be your ugly. You're bad in this spot? I mean, take your pick. There was some bad. I, I guess I would go this. Jonathan Harrison played well, if you go back and watch the tape at center. But outside of that, the O-line did a good enough job until Lewarkey started running into the sacks late as far as not giving up sacks. The running holes were there. But ultimately, I still think you're in bad shape if your next man up, besides a Solder and a Harrison, you try to find that third offensive lineman, whether that's a Chad Slade, whether that is uh, a Kenny Wiggins. I mean, this, these are the kind of moves you have here right now where they need to add depth. There's no question about it. And we can talk about Santoso, the kicker, who might be auditioning for the Pats and trying to accumulate maybe some picks back. Maybe you uh, collect a pick to turn around and trade a pick for an offensive lineman. That would take a lot of maneuvering and shuffling by Dave Gettleman. And I can't believe I'm saying this after the draft. Maybe, just maybe, Dave has that in him to do so. But the Giants still need help on the offensive line. I am still confident in the starting offensive line. And we're going to talk about that once we get past the good and the bad and the ugly because there was some good from the things that we couldn't see with our own eyes. The good from yesterday, just strictly from the game perspective, the good, Carter Coughlin. Carter Coughlin has emerged here, and, and a lot of people like tossing around because of Joe Judge, Patrick Graham, familiarity with the Pats, the, the, word, the name Kyle Van Noy. And that fits. An inside linebacker that on passing downs can go get after, go blitz. Uh, has some decent moments in coverage, some really bad moments in coverage. But overall, the Giants may have found something legitimately in Carter Coughlin. 
I still like Tay Crowder a lot. I think Reggie Ragland was a, a good signing. And I think ultimately, look, you can never have enough depth at that inside linebacker position. And I think taking those four guys, when you include Blake Martinez, is actually going to create a really strong room. But as we sit now here on August 23rd, again, this is New York Training Camp Live on the Odyssey app, hosted by Sean Morris as we talk all things Giants football and training camp. As we sit here now on August the 23rd, the year 2021, forget Carter Coughlin just making the team as he transitions from pass rusher on the outside to inside linebacker. Carter Coughlin has positioned himself where he absolutely needs to be on the football field versus the Denver Broncos on opening day and more than just a special team's role. They can mix and match, as Patrick Graham loves to do, so much with Carter Coughlin. Remember, his bread and butter is being an outside linebacker. Now, he's not going to give you the nastiest outside pass rush bend that we hope we get it from Aziz Ojulari. But as a guy who could just bust through that middle, bust through those gaps on second down passing downs, on third downs, Carter Coughlin gives you a lot of that, and you can line him up in different spots, obviously, but the best spot would be in that inside linebacker position. This transition could not be going any smoother for him. And for all the jokes we've made in the past about the Giants whiffing on third-round picks, even prior to Dave Gettleman, we're still the Jerry Reese Giants. How about the back end of the draft pick the Giants specifically had last year? Still love Tay Crowder, but Carter Coughlin, another one of these guys who's just shining. And there's no other way around it. He is just shining. And now you start to think about the defense as a whole. Up front. Leonard Williams, Danny Shelton, Dexter Lawrence. Across your linebacker positions, I just mentioned those four inside linebackers when it comes to Blake Martinez. We know Stud, Carter Coughlin, Tay Crowder, Reggie Ragland. They're all going to see the field. Now, the outside linebacker position we could talk about a little more. It seems pretty much entrenched at this point. Lorenzo Carter, bless him for being healthy, and Aziz Ojolari are going to be your two pegs, your two starting guys. Is it Fetty? going to do anything he feels like a major major disappointment O'Shane Zimenez finally gives you a little burst and uh off that pass rush ability maybe he's your third guy and Trent Harris is a guy that many a Giants camp are now raving about saying he's probably going to make the team and of course Cam Brown you think of as more of a special teams gunner and boy is he brilliant at that but okay take your pick your weakest unit on the defense is going to be the outside linebacker edge rush position Lorenzo Carter and Aziz Ojulari, who knows what Aziz is? Maybe they're not the worst thing in the world or Shane comes up. But that inside linebacker, depth there to go with what they have up front. And then the secondary, as we all know, is something to drool over. Absolutely drool over. Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, who I think you're going to hear his name called a ton this year, kind of got left out on his own yesterday. Julian Love is your fourth safety. Of course, Jabril Peppers. We mentioned Dory Jackson. We mentioned James Bradbury. I love Darnay Holmes as a nickel corner. But the Giants are so loaded on defense, so, so loaded. And that inside linebacker group getting as strengthened as it is with a Carter Coughlin just adds to it. I mean, think about all those names I mentioned. Only 11 guys can see the field at once. They are going to have so many looks. And may, there may now be no better defensive coordinator in football at the chess match of mixing looks than Patrick Graham. That's how good a coordinator he is. And, boy, we better love him while we have him because he turned down co head coaching jobs last year. He may be up for him again this year if this defense is as good as an special as it really can be on paper. As far as that outside linebacker group goes, one thing that was important to note, and I spoke to people in Cleveland who were at these practices, and obviously for the people covering the New York Giants on a day-to-day -day basis that see this team at practice every day, 
they're seeing a lot of the same reps against a lot of the same guys, and it can get monotonous. And frankly, I don't blame a lot of the reporters. There's only so much you can continue to write about, especially now in the preseason games specifically. If you're really only getting the second and third teamers, you're not even getting the starters in there. But one thing that seemed to be important to note after two days in Cleveland of joint practices, which again seemingly feel more important than that game we all watched yesterday, was this. The Giants secondary struggled on day one of joint practices. Our friend Ken Carmen, member of the Odyssey team from Cleveland, knows I'm all in on Big Blue. He's all in on Browns. Was texting me, this is the great secondary you have. They're getting torched today. Okay. And one-on-one drills, seven-on-sevens, that's fine. They had a much better day, too. But the prevailing theme that you could see on Twitter for many people in Cleveland, Giants pass rush is downright nasty. And that's a good Cleveland Browns offensive line. Think about that. Giants pass rush looks great, looks nasty. Look, that's supposed to be the weakest link on the defense. Now, does that pass rush include a Leonard Williams getting up there and getting sacks? Probably. Lorenzo Carter looks the point. But if the thing that we're all thinking of as far as being the Carter Coughlin's probably a part of that pass rush, right? The thing that we're all thinking of as the weakest part of this team as far as getting after the quarterback, if there's another team where there's a great offensive line in Cleveland and they see the Giants for two days in practice and the thought coming out of those guys who watch the Browns every day is the Giants pass rush, look out for it. That makes me feel better. That makes me feel better a ton. And, and I think that's the benefit of the joint practices, although I can get very tired and I understand hypocrisy because on Friday on New York Training Camp Live, I was telling you, well, how much do these really mean, these joint practices? Don't we get tired of hearing the same thing over and over again, the same tweet? None of this matters. But in the end, if you could get one grand theory and not these singular tweets as these practices are going on where we cling on to them for dear life, as so many of us Giant fans do, well, then you could take something out of that. And it seemed to be a big takeaway from the Cleveland perspective is that the Giants' pass rush is really good and really special. So, spe- I might be overemphasizing the use of special there. I don't know if they said special, but it's nasty. It looks good. I hope that carries over. I hope that's the case, because a great Giant pass rush really will just bring that defense to another level. Now, offensively, the Giants had their moments seemingly in the joint practices, and I think, overall, the thought process on Daniel Jones really hasn't changed. And you could take this as a negative. You could take this as a positive. Daniel Jones hasn't gone out and embarrassed himself in any practice. Well, he's had singular practices where he hasn't looked great. But overall, as we have hit August 23rd, Daniel Jones hasn't had a training camp where people say, oh no, this guy cannot be a franchise quarterback. At the same time, on August 23rd, almost a month into this thing, Daniel Jones also hasn't had a training camp where people go, Wow, he's noticeably more muscular, noticeably more zip on the passes. But I think that's also okay, and I will take the positive spin, shocker, when it comes to the offense and Daniel Jones with this. My biggest concern remains not the offensive line and Jones. It remains Jason Garrett and being able to figure out a way to use all these guys. As far as Daniel Jones goes, though, if you actually take the time to watch Daniel Jones play football, And again, don't just stick with the red zone channel. Don't stick with the jokes and the memes. Don't stick with a stat sheet that might show you a couple fumbles at the end. Those mistakes, the fumbles, which I thought got better down the second half of last year. The interceptions, again, I I mentioned this earlier. FanDuel has like 12 guys in the NFL who have a higher opportunity to lead the league interceptions other than Daniel Jones, which shows you they don't think of it as necessarily a pick machine. The turnover aspect of Daniel Jones' game is absolutely correctable. It's absolutely correctable. And 
if he could correct that, well, nobody was really worried about the zip and the jump out of balls out of Daniel Jones's arm. I mean, throws a great deep ball. He's great with the read option. He's actually, on paper, the fastest quarterback in the NFL, although people want to ignore that part of it. There are positives to Daniel Jones's game. So him not wowing the world and people feeling like Daniel Jones is different right now isn't necessarily the worst thing because, again, what would you be judging him on being different on? Not turning the ball over. And there's only so much of that you could tell until he gets into live game reps, which is why I do think there is an importance here to Daniel Jones playing in this preseason game versus the New England Patriots. Also offensively, Kenny Galladay still banged up. There are some rumors and hopes that he gets things revved up here. I would like to know if this was the regular season, if Kenny Galladay would have been handled differently, if we would have already seen Kenny Galladay by now, or if the Giants just ran back and said, hey, it's training camp. We've spent a lot of money on this guy. We know what he is as a football player. There is no reason to kick, scream, go nuts, whatever. We're going to be fine. Kyle Rudolph, now apparently he's ready to practice. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, says Saquon Barkley will ramp up. See, this is the kind of stuff you want to see. We are now inside three weeks until opening day between the Giants and Broncos, and you're getting good news, hopefully, on Galladay, Rudolph, and Saquon. That's enormous. I think about how different an offense is just with those three guys alone who weren't in the offense a year ago for Daniel Jones. Now also the offensive line. We didn't see the first-team offensive line because they wouldn't have been going against the first-team Browns defensive line in the game, so that makes all the sense in the world. There have been great little videos put out. It seemed like Matt Parrott had a much better two days in Cleveland than we saw off that first series versus the Jets. Continues, Andrew Thomas continues, as does Nick Gates, as does Will Hernandez, to get rave reviews, even from people in Cleveland, about how they look on the offensive line. And again, I know this is a believe it until we actually see it with our own two eyes, but there is refreshing news for once about the Giants along the offensive line. We could talk what we want about Burton and Barton, Elmo and Ernie and Bernie and whoever else you want to throw the whole Sesame Street group onto that Giants offensive line. We could talk about it all. The bottom line is this. Their five starters are young guys that we should have the expectation of taking the next step individually and as a group. And yes, you're going to get enormously tested when you go up against Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. And then enormously tested when Chase Young and company roll in for on a short week in week two. There's no doubt about it. You will learn a lot about that offensive line, and they will have to pick up stunts and pick up blitzes and be ready to go versus some of the great pass rushers in the NFL those first two weeks. But all indications are that first-team unit, you can worry about depth, and that's fair. That first-team unit, if they're healthy, looks the part. And if they look the part and they're giving Daniel Jones even a second and a half more than they were giving him last year to complete a pass down the field, that should give Jason Garrett the damn confidence to go attack it. That's why you get a Kenny Galladay to go down the field. That's why if we ever do see Kadarius Tony, you can make plays with his speed, free things up. And oh, by the way, if you're taking the top off a of defense with a Kenny Galladay and the offensive line is pushing it, guess what that does? That, that makes eight people in the box no more. That frees more things up and more opportunities, more holes up for Saquon Barkley to make plays. So the, the breadcrumbs, the writing on the wall, whatever stupid cliche you want to use is there for the offense. Now here comes the dress rehearsal. Will Galladay or Saquon actually play in the game? Or Rudolph, I mentioned all those guys practicing versus the Pats. I don't know. But Joe Judge has now indicated, and I think more than indicated, basically proclaimed, this Sunday evening when the Giants play the Patriots, your usual fourth preseason game is now the third preseason game. With that bye week coming up next week, 
things are different. This is the first preseason we're ever seeing like this. This will be the dress rehearsal. So, yes, the third preseason game traditionally for the Giants has been a dress rehearsal, but the third is also now the last, so we didn't know how things would operate. But expect Daniel Jones to play. Expect that offensive line to play. That will be an enormous test. I am excited for Sunday night. Now, do we end up getting stuck with Sunday night and thinking, oh, boy, this game ended up being just as boring as the Browns and Jets game? I guess perhaps. And with that, if, if that's the case, and this is the way preseason transitions, you're going to hear season ticket holders argue and complain as they should about paying full price. And now every other year they're going to get an extra regular season game out of it, so I guess that might ease some of it. But how about from a television perspective? I know you don't want to do it because teams are working on their plays and you don't want everybody having these to cut up. But it'd be nice to see more of these joint practices on TV, would it not? And you have Sterling Shepard squaring up with Troy Hill at Browns camp after everybody thought there were going to be no fights. I mean, just some of the stuff that came out of these joint practices, I thought could have been a little too much. But overall, not that bad and kind of refreshing. Now, on the other part of these joint practices and the other note on this, they will join practice with New England this week. But both of those practices will happen to be in New England. And yet the game comes back to the Giants. So a little weird that they're going up there, but don't think it's the worst thing in the world. The Patriots currently right now have an enormous hole at their kicking position. They, they frankly have no consistency there. It's a problem. The Giants somehow, someway have navigated this thing where they have Ryan Santosa who was an undrafted free agent in 2018, was with the Lions organization 2018-19, last year was with the Tennessee Titans, and most recently was with the Montreal Alouettes. He basically had to fill in or whatever, was on the roster for a couple of weeks for Tennessee when they had kicking problems. He has been unbelievable for the Giants in camp. He... Obviously, got activated. He was on the active roster for the game versus the Cowboys late in the year. Had to go back to the practice squad. He signed a reserve contract. Here's the deal. I don't know how it's possible, but the Giants have seemingly continued to run into trouble with kickers in recent history. The Josh Brown legal situation, well-documented, had to get him out of here. They end up bringing in Aldrich Rosas, a guy nobody had heard of, ends up making the Pro Bowl. He's so good as a kicker. After being a little shaky, early in his career. He, of course, gets into a little legal trouble. They have to get rid of him. The Giants somehow, someway landed on Graham Gano, who the Panthers questioned whether he still had it, and Graham Gano was awesome last year. Unbelievably awesome. The Giants end up paying him. And kicker is a position that a lot of teams take for granted. But look, that's cliche. I'm going to keep saying these cliches. Could be the difference in some of these close games, one point, three points, having a reliable kicker, and the Giants should be thankful they have Graham Gano. But this Ryan Santoso has been a star of camp, and a lot of teams don't have the luxury of leaning back and saying, hey, we're A-OK at the kicking position. One of those teams is the New England Patriots. So here we go. We embark on a two-day practice, then a game. We know what Graham Gano is already. Is this an audition for Ryan Santoso to be the kicker for the New England Patriots? And if so, what can the Giants get back? And if it's not going to be the Patriots, can they use a Patriot move as a bargaining chip for another team? I believe the guy the Ravens traded was Kari Varvik. He got he netted them a fifth rounder. Now, remember, the Giants have already now traded a sixth-round pick to make sure that they got Clayson to play special teams, which, again, you have Cam Brown there. How many of these special teams guys do you need flying around? But if you're going to trade picks, 
how do you play the chess match and getting picks back? And I mentioned you may need a pick to acquire offensive line depth. Is Dave Gettleman this big a genius that he could somehow maneuver getting a draft pick for a reliable kicker? Remember, a lot of teams won't even draft a kicker with a draft pick. If you can put a team in that much of panic mode about their kicking situation that you get a draft pick for them, for one of your own kickers that you're not going to use, now that is real meddling. That is real figuring things out. And the Giants could be in that kind of position this week. That would be phenomenal. Now, on the cuts coming up, I mentioned Sam Beal, awful. Ryan Anderson, we have seen enough of him as an outside linebacker, edge rush type. Guy can't play the run. He looks terrible. I don't know what business he has being on the team. Trent Harris is a guy to watch this week in these joint practices and watch versus the Patriots. He has absolutely risen up the Giants situation here at the linebacker position. Fetty, who knows what's happened? He was a hand-in-the-dirt rusher in Minnesota. He signed with the Giants. Heck, I predicted that he actually might end up winning an outside linebacker job, pass rush job for the New York Giants and being a starter this year. He's out there late versus the Cleveland Browns, a game that none of the starters played and wasn't doing a whole bunch of nothing. Is that your surprise cut from the beginning of camp? Remember, I, I, I did New York Training Camp Live as well as on G-Wiz, my, my New York Giants weekly podcast as part of WFAN.com and the Odyssey app. My prediction was you were going to see somebody that everybody fell in love with or a surprise where you thought they were a lock for the roster and then they got cut. I mentioned two guys specifically, John Ross. I think I was wrong. I think Ross has proved himself on special teams, which is important, even though we really haven't seen a bunch of him in the games, that he will make the team. The other was going to be Lorenzo Carter. And, and Lorenzo Carter, obviously, I didn't know coming off of that injury, guy in his last year of his contract, if he got outplayed by O'Shane Zimenez, obviously has not been in training camp. Could that be kind of a surprise cut? Giants have some of these young guys. We still haven't seen Ellerson Smith play either. That seems to be a big, a bit of a disappointment. But Effetti, coming over from the Minnesota Vikings, Odegbo, is a guy now that I, I looked at and I say, boy, he's out there in the fourth quarter versus the Browns. All of these backups are basically are going to be unloading Sintas trucks at some point here soon. This is – is this guy going to make the team? Because Trent Harris now is a guy that I think we kind of was an afterthought, took for granted. That seemed to be somebody that the Giants now – I think look at, and he's provided them valuable reps. Nico Lalos, another guy that, that may have more value there. Look, I, I feel like we come out of week two of the preseason feeling pretty good that on opening day, your outside edge rushers are going to be our second round pick as he's Ojulari, and thank goodness he will only grow into his body and only get better. It doesn't mean you have to you know expect 10 sacks, 12 sacks from this year, but he should be good. Hey, got to set the edge a little bit. I think he'll be able to grow and, and lean into that. And Lorenzo Carter will be that other guy. But on that depth, Ellerson Smith, who knows where he starts the year. He's going to be on the team because they have high hopes for him. Is that a pup situation? Is that an IR situation? We don't know. O'Shane Zimenez, I think, now has played his way back into a position where you love his pass rushing ability, and that's we don't have enough of that to shy off the roster. Ryan Anderson can't be on this roster. I'm not so sure Afedi will be on the roster either, which leaves a you know a major question mark. Is Trent Harris that guy who maybe becomes the fourth pass rusher, outside edge guy on this team? I think that's distinctly possible and something interesting to look out for. Quick notes here, too, on the running back position. Devontae Booker has cemented himself as the number two back on the team. Again, I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, and I, I don't care if I go down looking wrong. I thought it was crazy to sign him so early in free agency. I didn't know what the, the market was for Devontae Booker. 
Yesterday, again, versus twos and threes, he just looks like a real running back. The north to south, running through those holes, doesn't pitter-patter. He looks the part. Corey Clement, I've been a little disappointed with what he's brought to the table through two preseason games, but I think there's still room for him on the roster. I think Plotzgammer, is that a guy you could stash away on a practice squad? Fine. I think the disappointment would be Gary Brightwell. Does that feel like kind of a wasted pick here in the sixth round for the Giants? Does that feel a little bit wasted if they were going to go out and sign Corey Clement, sign Devontae Booker? He carried the ball. He didn't look terrible. He didn't look hideous. He didn't look like he didn't belong on a football field. But where is the room, really, when you consider Elijah Penny also has to be on this team as that flexible guy who can take carries, act as a running back, but really provide some of that fullback flexibility? I don't know. I don't know. Can can you sneak Gary Brightwell into the practice squad? I guess. I guess. But again, that's a guy you spent a, a firm draft pick on. I hate to go down this road. Could that have been a flyer on insert sixth round offensive guard here who maybe you would have been better off developing? Do you need to develop a Gary Brightwell? I don't know. Again, he wasn't awful, but I just don't know where the place resides him on him on the team. These are some of the bubble guys to look out for. Again, if the starters are playing week, are playing the whole first half versus New England, there will not be a lot of opportunities in-game for these guys to win jobs, and those opportunities might be one in things that we can't see on TV in these two joint practices with the New England Patriots. I'm fired up. I will be back with you on Friday on New York Training Camp Live, 2.30 to 3 p.m. Eastern, to give the full-blown preview of the Patriots game. And hopefully by that time, talking a little bit about these practices in New England, we will at least have Thursdays in the book. By Wednesday, download the Odyssey app. You must if you're on it right now watching this. Go to WFN.com. You will see my latest weekly Giants podcast, G-Wiz, as we talk more Giants football inside training camp. There's no excuse not to get Giants content from me. And, again, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at MrazCBS. That's M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. My name is Sean Morris. I got you covered on all things Giants football. And next week, on or this week coming up Sunday, leading into the Giants and Patriots, Pre-game coverage on WFN in New York. I will be hosting on Sunday afternoon on WFAN from 1 to 5.05 p.m. Eastern. Again, taking you right into the Giants and Patriots on WFAN. This is Sean Morash, and this has been another episode of New York Training Camp Live. Take care, everyone. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.